Hello and welcome to Boomeranging, from expat to repat, a podcast that explores the question, what could be so hard about returning home after years living overseas? I'm your host, Margot Anderson, and in this series, we will be exploring the current job market and work opportunities in Australia for returning Australian expats. I'll be talking to organisations who engage with Aussie expats about where they see the opportunities and the challenges for Australians coming home. If you've just returned, are thinking about it, this series will give you the current lowdown on working and networking back home. My guest today is someone who, like me, works with Australian expats each and every day. John Versace is a financial planner with Apt Wealth. He leads a team of planners who work exclusively with expats and their unique financial situations. John is currently working with Australians living in places like the US, Dubai, the UK, Europe and Hong Kong. And a big focus of his work is helping expats prepare themselves and their finances to come home. With finances and work intrinsically linked, I'm keen to talk to John about how his expat clients are thinking about work and returning home and his advice to best be prepared for the Australian job market. So welcome, John. Great to be joining you, Margot. Thanks for having me. John, as a way of setting the scene to our conversation, can you share what your role is and explain how you currently engage with Australian expats? Yeah, sure, no problem at all, Margot. So, you know, firstly, explain Apps Wealth Partners. We're a national financial advice firm. We've got around 75 employees. We're a privately owned firm, so we're not part of a bank or institution and we don't own any products. And we look after around two and a half billion on behalf of our clients. So really what our role is as a financial advisor is, is to look at our clients' individual circumstances currently and then basically putting together a financial strategy to get them to their ultimate financial goals. So it's a really individualised, personalised process that we go through with our clients. And then really looking through their investment decisions, you know, taxes um, and how to set up their, their asset and, and tax strategy, what to do with their, um, you know, surplus income. And, and then, you know, we're looking at protection mechanisms like, you know, insurances and, um, you know, how to capture um, their situation to protect against any potential risks. But the big thing we want to look at as well is is ultimately what are our clients aiming to, to head towards? You know, what are their values? What are their ultimate financial goals personally? And then we construct the full strategy around getting towards those financial goals. So, but, you know, obviously the way we know each other, Margot, is that I have a specialty in looking after Australian expats and, and migrants to Australia and really tailoring advice towards, um, you know, achieving their, you know, specific goals and working through their, you know, their issues that are pretty unique to the expat community. And I, I lead a, a team of financial advisors um, and, um, and staff that, you know, really cater for that Aussie expat market. Yeah, fantastic. So really bespoke advice. Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been working with Australian expats? And, and I guess how did this specialty evolve? It's probably a little bit different to the way a lot of professionals that are working with Aussie expats came to to, to be working with expats. It's um, I'm actually not an expat myself, born and bred in, in Melbourne and, and have lived in Melbourne all my life. But essentially the way it came about is that I had a few, a few clients referred to me, you know, around six or seven years ago that were expats. Um, and once I started looking into their situation, really sort of delving into all the issues that they faced and it was actually really hard for me as a financial services professional um, to actually find the answers for them. And once I looked into it further, I, I just recognised that there was just such a lack of um, services for this community, um, which is extraordinary. Um, you know, I found that 
crazy at the time and still find it crazy to this day that there's a real lack of services for a really large community of Australians that are, that are living abroad, you know, um, in terms of the financial services space, but really, you know, really broader in terms of just services for expats. And, you know, I, I did really want to then delve into the space and learn as much as I could. So I, I set about, you know, educating myself as much as I possibly could, you know, dealing with other professionals, you know, like yourself, um, you know, expat accountants, immigration lawyers, you know, currency exchange specialists, um, really everyone that's connected with the expat community and, you know, learning all the things that, you know, are important to expats and, um, and you know, what, what the issues are on the, on the financial side of things and then, you know, really developing solutions. It's it's also a thing as well that the financial education in the space is, is, is really lacking and that's something, you know, we've, we've been really passionate about and, and something that really tried to fill that void in terms of services and also financial education for expats and, and really making sure that they understand you know, exactly, you know, their, their financial challenges and, and essentially the solutions for those financial challenges. Yeah, and I, I think that's actually how we came to know each other was through those yeah. shared education channels, you know, the desire to educate and provide individuals with the knowledge and tools to reach out and ask the right questions and feel empowered, I guess, around managing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it is, you know, it's a huge community of Aussies that are living abroad and the community of professionals that are servicing them are, are really lacking. And it is a, you know, I, I guess it's a, it's a real problem. And, um, you know, it's something that we've looked to sort of fill that gap. And I'm, I'm, I know you've obviously done very similar things. And there's some really good organisations out there that are, that are trying to fill that gap. But the issue we find is that, you know, there's, there's many expats that will, you know, will come to us and say that, you know, they've, they've got a financial advisor um, and the financial advisor rightly has said, we, we don't know, we, we can't deal with this, speak with your accountant. And then they go to their accountant and the accountant says the same thing. They go, well, it isn't us, we, we can't give you that advice, go to go to your financial advisor. And it's, it's a loop. They're kind of mm. caught in it's a loop and, and um, they the the, um, the expats sort of putting their hands up in the air going, where, where do we go, who do we speak to? So it's a big problem in the community. So where are your clients and, and I guess what sectors are you seeing them working in or coming from? Yeah, so it, it's really broad. Um, so I guess the, the main sort of areas that you would expect, you know, Aussie expats to, to be and, and where you sort of, you know, associate Aussie expats to be, that, that's, you know, where we have clients. So the you know, big one is the US. We've got a lot of clients in, in the US. You know, anyone that is working in the US and then is paying US tax or is a US citizen or knows, you know, um, people. And US taxes know it, it is quite complex and that's an area that we've sort of built a real specialty around and um, you know we, we, we know a lot about but um, you know on top of that there's there's a lot of um, Aussies in the UK similarly that have really um, unique challenges um, you know being in the UK and, and we've got a good client base there you know Dubai, Switzerland, um, Indonesia, Hong Kong you know I'm missing many I'm sure but um, they're, they're really spread across the globe and we find it really interesting. I mean, also in terms of careers, tech um, is, is a big one, but also medical. We've got some vets that are, are clients, some UN employees and ambassadors, um, you know, lawyers and um, entertainers and advertising. So I, I love that part of my role. I, I think there's, there's a lot of advisors that will just deal with one specific issue, which is great. And and um, But, you know, the, the part I love about my role is that I'm dealing with individuals that, you know, different industries and, you know, we're learning about their skill set and what they do, um, you know, in, in their line of work and 
really talented individuals, which is great. And and, um, and then they're coming from, you know, from exotic locations, which, um, you know, in the cold of, um, of Melbourne winter, we're, um, you know, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. you know, jealously dreaming of, uh, of at the moment. And, um, yeah, it, it's a really, really great part of our role. And so what stages of life or stages of the expat life cycle do you find that you have more work with? Are people reaching out to you before they go, whilst they're away, as they're coming home? Is there any trend that you're you're seeing there? Yeah, it's quite varied actually. I, I think, you know, really if you think about it from, from an expat perspective, there's financial decisions to make at every part of the journey. Um, you know, so we, we get really engaged um, with clients from, you know, all, all stages of their, their journey from, you know, expats that are thinking of going to um, overseas and, and becoming an expat and their, their financial challenges are, are things like what do they do with their Australian assets and the, a big one in recent years um, that's only sort of been in the last two years has been the primary residence and um, yeah changes of the primary residence that, you know, is, is a big thing in the expat community at the moment and it's caused a lot of a lot of controversy but you know if you're selling whilst you're overseas um, the, the primary residence it can lead to a horrible tax outcomes but also you know what do you do with your other assets your super your investment properties that sort of thing so really positions yeah 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 exactly positioning our clients for you know moving overseas and, and non-resident taxes which is very different to the resident taxes of australia and also the taxes they'll pay overseas and then you know we get engaged by a lot of um, expats that are overseas, still a few years away from from coming back. You know, they're, they're doing really well in their role and they're building a lot of wealth and they're needing some advice on what to do with that money to really maximise their financial position. So they'll engage us to, to work through that. And then it goes through to, you know, to the expats that are thinking about coming home. Um, you know, that, that can be sort of, you know, 12 to 18 months out and, and they're thinking about, well, how, how do I relocate home? What are the tax implications? What are the currency exchange implications I need to think about and you know that that's a, that's a big part of what we do and so and, and then it's you know it's individuals that are at home and have assets overseas or yeah a lot of our clients are wanting the ongoing relationship with us as well so and I guess it's like anything isn't it you you can't really over plan this stuff you know I think it's being aware and engaging and being cognizant of it at each phase of life but also of the of the expat cycle. Hundred percent, and and you can't have a plan it. You can't start too early. It's yeah, it, it's really important to really think through all your financial decisions. And yeah, I'm interested in some more observations that you're seeing in your community. But you know, what are the main concerns of the expats you're working with who are preparing to come home? And when it comes to jobs and work, I mean, do you think these concerns are founded? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, in terms of the expat community, I, I, I noted that. Advance did a, a recent survey of Aussie expats, and you know the two the two big challenges that came out of that were you know professional networking and, and reconnecting with their network, and and it was the, the second one was financial and navigating taxes and and um, you know their foreign retirement schemes, and you know through our conversations, uh, Margot, and and also my, my conversations with my clients, that that is absolutely the the, the big issues that that our clients face. Um, are, reintegrating into the Australian workforce um, and, and how they do that and then you know, navigating some of the financial challenges and, and tax challenges that they have. So 
I guess, you know, probably the big things, whether, you know, the Australian employers are going to recognise their skill set that they've developed overseas. So if you, if you think of that, the, the typical Aussie expat, and we're probably generalising generalizing here, but typical Aussie expat will go overseas, you know, chasing a, a career opportunity and a bigger market for their, for their specialty. And, um, you know, then they develop and um, and, and progress um, and, and get well remunerated for that. And, and then in, I guess their, their concern, the ones that I'm speaking to and dealing with a lot of the time is that they, you know, won't be recognised for that in, in Australia. And that's that's a big challenge um, and that's a big impediment. And, and it's, I guess, a, a, lot of, a lot of the Aussies are coming back for a lifestyle perspective. So I think they're realistic. Um, I think they definitely are realistic. And, and most of my clients are, are sort of talking to me and we always ask, you know, what, what are your expectations of, you know, coming home and what sort of income expectations? Yeah, and I think sometimes the thing that catches people unaware is, you know, they might be ready for the fact that it will take a little bit of time, but it is actually the length of time. And I think, you know, often it is, okay, well, I think I'll be, I'll get home, I'll have the first two or three months unpacking the boxes, getting the kids into school, getting all life set up, and then, you know, two months later or so I'll start work. And I think when you come to the realisation that act, that transition might actually be 18 months, depending on what it is that you do and the level that you're at, do you think there are more concerns from expats who've lived overseas for, say, 10-plus years or um, any great length of time? I, I think I think so, definitely. Um, you know, the, the expats that have been away for, you know, 10 years or more um, certainly, you know, have, have a bit more apprehension to, to coming home. And, and it, it is, you know, it, it, I guess it depends on what their reasons are for, for coming home. If they're coming home to reconnect with family, for retirement, those sort of things. Some, you know, sometimes we see you know a lot of excitement from, from Aussie expats. They they you know really excited to get home. But for, for the expats that are you know have been away for ten or more years, we, we do hear it really commonly where they will say that they're going to come home and almost sort of test the waters and kind of leave the door open to heading back to their um, overseas base. And the common thing we get is you know whether the Australia that they left is is the Australia that they're coming back to, and you know they've had fleeting visits. To, to Australia for two or three weeks, but not um, not sort of lived um, in Australia, and they're reading headlines, and obviously it's sensationalised on, on headlines. But you know they, they're always sort of well, not always, but they will, they will leave the door open to sort of say, "I'll try it out," but you know I may want to go back. So that's either, either retirement or even a career perspective of whether they're actually um, you know going to find a career path that they're they're going to enjoy and find stimulating as well. I definitely think the rhetoric and the headlines that have come out over the last two years have really fed into, I think, fears or maybe anxieties around what that looks like and the reality versus, you know, what is actually happening. And I think that's where we have a shared common goal to sort of say that, you know, look, with the right knowledge and the right tools and the right conversations, you know, we can navigate that. You you have mentioned um, that sometimes expats who've been out of Australia for a long time can make the wrong assumption about the type of money that they need to live on when they get back to Australia, and this can then impact choices that they make about work when they move. Can you give us an example of that? It is a thing that we see um, a lot, you know, with dealing with individuals. And, you know, an example that comes to mind, you know, we were recently engaged by um, a couple um, over in the US, um, and they, 
you know, were really do- doing really well, you know, for themselves in a really senior role. The initial conversation with us was was about, you know, what do I do with my surplus income? How do I navigate taxes? And and the time frame they were looking at coming back was sort of five to seven years because they just thought that that was what they needed to really build what they needed to. And and, and it feeds, sort of feeds into, I guess, some of that rhetoric out there about, you know, the cost of living in Australia, the, the property prices, all that sort of thing. Um, they, they were a little bit scared. And we talked to our like, all our clients and essentially say, you know, we can we can manage the investments, we can look at the taxes, all that sort of thing. But really we want to get down to what, what, are, you, what are you looking to achieve in life? What's important to you? What are your values? And once we sort of broke down that conversation with them, they, they then started talking about, you know, that they really weren't happy in their role. They weren't enjoying life. US it was a really you know stressful job and they had their you know obviously following the recent events in the US they've had you know their family members on the phone from Australia saying you know you need to get out of there because of all the issues that um you know the, the schools and, and things like that in the US that, that they were really worried about them so um you know this is causing stress for this couple and we talked about their lifestyle expectations back in Australia and it was actually pretty pretty modest I mean they, they weren't looking to travel the world, um, they've done that, um, they've been overseas, they've done a lot of overseas travel, they want to really explore Australia, they wanted to live a you know, nice lifestyle but not anything again. And once we broke that down and then, you know, they, they were sitting on a, a pretty, you know, significant amount of wealth and we did our projections and our analysis and presented to them, it was really clear that they, were, they could actually retire tomorrow really, really comfortably back in Australia and we showed them that and, and then now actually we're working with them to now um, you know, retire um, in the next 12 months. And, and they're, they're walking away from, you know, there's the, the employee share schemes, that they're walking away from, you know, multi-million dollar employee share schemes to really come home and live their best life. And that's really, you know, in terms of financial advice and really navigating these issues, that's really what we're passionate about and what we want to do. I, th- I think that's a really important point. I think really understanding what your options are and f- creating choice and being aware of what those choices are and obviously the implications of those choices. But I think for many of us at times have sat there and gone, well, I feel stuck or I feel like I don't have a lot of options. And I think that's where a little bit of education and knowledge can be so powerful. And, and you're hearing, you know, your reading social media overseas and you're reading about property prices in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane going up by 20, 30% last year and, and um, you know, the cost of living. And it, it does sort of paint a picture in your mind, especially if you've been away for, you know, five, 10 years and, and it paints a picture to say, well, it's super expensive to um, live in Australia. You need, you know, X amount. And, and you know, it can sort of basically um, distort what, what, what is actually the requirement and it, it's individual really for everyone. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it, naturally we have to explore what the cost of living is and depending on where you're coming from, it will feel more expensive or less expensive, you know, where you're returning from, sorry. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we have to be aware of what that looks like. But, you know, I think with real clarity and education around what that is, you, you can make some really informed choices. And, and I think that goes to the career side as well. You have to talk about well, what is it that you actually want out of life and how does this, you know, work in? It's It's got to be um, a part of a whole picture, not a segment on its own. And when people return, you know, often their motivations have changed. So how does that align, I think, you know, with the industry or with the life that they want? So... Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
And so, um, John, are you hearing from expats finding it a bit easier to engage with the job market back in Australia due to COVID and, and organisations now being more flexible about the skills shortage? Or, or do you think the challenge is still the change for many expats coming home without a role? Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I, th- I think everyone knows COVID has meant that, you know, it, it is easier to work remotely and, um, and you know, we're finding a, a lot of our clients that are, are coming home um, are, you know, able to transition in their existing role um, and, and that's something that is happening more frequently than, than what was happening pre-COVID. I think that was a trend that was going to happen at some point, but COVID has accelerated things and, and meant um, that, you know, through stealth we, we've, We've had to sort of um, adapt to this remote working environment. We found out we really like it, and um, all of a sudden, it doesn't actually—it doesn't really matter if you're, you know, working in from your home office in Seattle. It doesn't really matter if you're working there versus working in a home office in, you know, regional South Australia. It, it's it's actually, uh, and I think a lot of employers have, have you know appreciated that and embraced that, and, and really, they yeah, people are open to you know to having overseas staff, and so we've, we've we have seen. A lot of our clients actually relocating in their existing role back to Australia, um, which has been really great and, and pleasing and, and really quite seamless for, for, for a lot of these people. You know, they, they're sometimes doing some some weird hours, um, you know, to you know to, to do the European hours or the you know the American hours, but they're um, you know they're, they're able to get back home and um, and be with their you know with their family and where they want to be, but. You know, there's other other trends that we've seen as well in terms of consultancy, which has been really interesting as well. So I think as well, you know, COVID has also opened up the door of having a consultant that is actually based in Australia. You don't necessarily need to be sitting in the same boardroom as, you know, some of your suppliers. They're happy to engage people that have come back to Australia. And so some of our clients have built really good networks overseas and then come home and started their own little consultancy or business. Um, you know, are dealing with some of the some of the really big players overseas, or, or you know, just that any sort of other networks that they've developed, and you know, can can do it remotely. Whereas, you know, maybe five years ago that wasn't happening as frequently. So that that's been a really interesting trend as well. Yeah, I think that consultancy piece is a really interesting one. It's certainly a trend that we're seeing for people who are really that sort of very senior end, C suite end. Naturally, it's, you know, the network piece is critical to making that work. So you need networks offshore or you need local networks to to um, to make that become a reality or a viable reality. Um, but I think, yeah, the financial considerations around setting up and launching and doing all that is, is obviously a real consideration for many. So, yeah, that, that's right. It, it's, it's a big challenge as well. And, and um, I guess, you know, the big thing of coming home as well is it, it usually is a lifestyle Duration that we, we um, it's a big driver. Is, is yeah. you know um, most of the time it, it is a um, you know lifestyle piece. They want to come home. They want to you know be close to the family. And you know it's really thinking about you know ultimately what what your sort of holistic goals are. And, and I, I always say you know career, lifestyle, and you know your financial goals are really interlinked. Um, but we talk to our clients all the time about really just thinking through. What's your, your ideal look, life look like? And, and some clients will say, you know, they want that work-life balance and are happy to sort of take a bit of a step down in, in career and, and ultimately remuneration. And others are really career-driven, which is, you know, great. That's really, really breaking that down and, you know, what's important to you and what's important to you and your family and, and ultimately, you know, setting out a path across really all angles of your, your life. 
What advice would you offer expats preparing to come home and look for work? I mean, when do you believe they should start the process or, you know, where should they be going and reading and accessing information? I think really looking across your full situation, what what are you looking for? Um, is it a, you know, are you looking at really progressing your career and, and building your career or is it, you know, and I've got many clients that want to come home and they've done the grind of, um, you know, working till 10 p.m. in, in um, London or New York and just want to have a, a bit more of a work-life balance. So, you know, what does that look like um, you know, in terms of your career? What does it look like in terms of, you know, your financial and family and lifestyle goals and, and piecing that together and really mapping that out? And then, you know, it's then putting together a strategy to, to do that. And I think the earlier, the, the better, you know, at least a couple of years out, making sure that you've got you know, from a career perspective, staying in touch with your, with your networks, really thinking about if you're going to do that consultancy role, building your networks overseas and, and sometimes it isn't appropriate and, you know, not the best thing to sort of say that you're going home, you know, from your career overseas, but, you know, ultimately sort of really mapping out how you're going to um, transition across to Australia. You can't do it sort of last minute. It, it's It's really, really difficult to do that. And then, you know, reaching out to you know, networks in Australia. If you're going to relocate to Australia, um, a lot of our clients are sort of getting in touch with their old colleagues in, in Australia. Um, you know, they're reaching out to people that work in, in their sort of career, you know, their, their, their line of business in, in Australia. They're really staying abreast of what's happening um, in Australia. And, and and then, you know, from a financial sense, it's getting the strategy in place. So navigating, you know, taxes and currency exchange, you, you do that really early. The, the best strategy is well, you know, years in advance. So, you know, you're getting your ducks in a row years in advance and where possible. I, I don't think it's not always possible because sometimes people are, um, you know, it's, it's a bit of a sudden move back to Australia, but where you know, I think you build that, um, you know, that pathway and that strategy, that's the best way to be. And um, if, you, if you're not sure what to do, seek out professionals and get the help. What advice would you offer for expats preparing to come home and retire? Yeah, it's really important to again just look at what 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 is your picture of retirement. You know, you you'll hear or, or you you know if you Google and, and find you know what's a retirement look like in Australia um, and what do you need for retirement in Australia? It's really you know they'll give you a sum, but it's not going to be for everyone. So, yeah, for example, I've got clients that have come back from overseas. Again, they've done their travel. They they've got the means to really live the lifestyle they want to live, but you know that that lifestyle for them is just doing some caravanning around Australia and it's not really dining out very much. They, they just want to um, live a really sort of, you know, nice, nice, comfortable lifestyle, but in sort of remote Australia and, you know, that they don't potentially um, need as much as, you know, some of our other clients that really want to spend significant amounts of time overseas and, you know, dining out multiple times a week. And so it's really working out what your picture of retirement is and, and then, it's then working out what are the resources that are going to fund uh, that retirement. A lot of our expat clients have got pools of assets that are overseas that are funding their retirement. And, and I guess it, that's a big consideration. So if you've got pools of assets overseas and you're needing to pull those assets back to Australia to fund the lifestyle that you're wanting to live, you've got the ups and downs of the, um, the investment markets, but then you've got the current exchange issues to, to fund as well. So that, that adds some risk around your situation. So it's really sort of thinking through, you know, whether there's a better alternative, you know, to bring some of those assets back to Australia. A lot of time there isn't. I guess too there's also the added, you know, pensions. Like for people who've relocated multiple times, they have pensions in multiple countries, you know. So how they look at that. 
that's it. It's a it's a big one as well. Is the, the foreign pensions and and again, there's there's a lot of complexity around that. And whether you leave it overseas or bring it to Australia, sometimes you you know you have to leave it overseas because of the tax implications are pretty horrible to bring it back to Australia. There may be the option to bring it back to Australia, but sort of really understanding your options. And I guess it's it's really it really boils down to just kind of setting out you know what what are you looking for in retirement? What are you, are you going to be supporting you know your kids and grandkids or or anything like that? Working out what what resources you're going to need, and then how are you going to then fund a really consistent income retirement, and um, that that's going to be a little bit different for everyone, and 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 it's really it's really mapping it out um, and and doing research and um, and engaging professionals where um, you know where you're not sure to really make sure that you you know you're making the most of your resources and and making the most of your retirement. Um, we're, and we've found many people that will underspend in retirement because they just think they're going to run out of money, and and it may not be possible as well. So it's educating yourself as well. Oh, John, I've really um, enjoyed our chat. I think there's a lot of similarities between the preparation and the strategy and strategic thinking around getting your career plan right and getting your financial plan right. I think they do go hand in hand. I think, you know, work and um, money, you know, that they are intrinsically linked. And I think that whole piece around educating self and equipping yourself with the knowledge and I think access to the professionals who can help you is just so critical. So I really thank you for your time. Thank you. Apt Wealth is a distribution partner of our inaugural Australian Expat Career Survey 2022. If you're an Aussie expat still overseas or returned in the last three years, we would love to hear your views. Go to AustralianExpatCareerSurvey2022.com or follow the link on the InSync website. All participants will receive first access to the survey report, plus the opportunity to join a complimentary career repatriation workshop and networking event with other returning Australian expats. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a review, share it with your friends and family, and subscribe for future episodes.